Welcome to Taboo Talks. I'm your host, Drenda Thomas-Richards. Taboo Talks is where we discuss all the things that society, the church, and sometimes our friends and family don't want to talk about. This is the place where we learn from each other. It's a place for healing. Taboo Talks is the place for hidden things to come to light. A place to learn, to grow, and to be free to be yourself. No shame or judgment here. It's time. Time to tell your truth. So this episode is a little different than the prior episodes, and it discusses a delicate subject, but I think um, you'll hear Jen's heart come through and why she got into this. But I think it's a... I think she does a, a great job of, of taking a painful reality and turning it into a beautiful memory. And so I hope you understand the heart behind this and that if you do have any friends or relatives who have lost a baby at birth, it, that um, you'll hear Jen's advice in her heart. And I hope you, I don't know if enjoy is the right word for this. But I hope you learned something from this, as I did. So, welcome to Tablet Talks. I'm Drenda Thomas-Richards, and today's guest is Jennifer Starlin. And I'm a little, little scattered right now because we had just recorded the best episode ever, except that I didn't re- hit record. So, here we are again, trying to recreate it. <laughs> And I'm a little scattered, so please forgive me. So um, Jen is an old friend. We've done ministry together in the strip clubs. She um, did an outreach in an apartment complex with us. She took that over and did that for at least a year or so, working with the kids in the apartment complex. And they loved her. And of course they would. We've also done some prison ministry together, and she's just an amazing person. So welcome, Jen. Welcome again, Jen. Thank you. <laughs> I know. This is take three. We got this, girl. We got this. It's like, you know, this is going to be a great episode because of all the trials we've had. So um, you have many talents, and one of them is uh, photography. So how did you get into photography? What made you want to become a photographer? Just kind of let us know about that story. Okay. So I was on Facebook one day and I saw an ad pop up for photographers needed for a nonprofit organization that was taking pictures of babies that had just passed away that would never be able to have the opportunity for their parents to have photos outside of the hospital. And when I saw that, it hit my heart really hard because I have a daughter that passed away and um, the organization was not around at the time. So just the idea that um, someone like me could be there for someone like them to not have to go through what I went through, which was horrific. Um, They just showed up in my room with uh, cameras like disposable cameras and started snapping pictures which is not what you want um, I'm sure you know it was ignorance but it was very traumatizing to me so on that um, I looked at it as an opportunity to be there for the families it wasn't really wanting to take pictures it was wanting to be there in that moment for them so yeah I wanted to be a photographer just like that yes. <laughs> You know, I've heard a lot of reasons for becoming a photographer, but I've never heard that one. 
<laughs> I hadn't either. I, <laughs> I didn't even know I wanted to be one until that day. And it's funny because you're a great photographer and I never knew that um, that the reason that you wanted to do this became, came out of the death of your baby. I just yeah. thought that you were a great photographer and this just kind of morphed into something else and somebody asked you to do it and you're like, yeah, okay. And so I did not realize that this was the beginning of it all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely was. And that's how I ended up building my clientele because there's like certain, there's an application process and training that you have to go through. So you have to know how to like take photos and the rules of photography and so many different things that I had no clue on, you know, how to do, but it really wasn't a, um, it really wasn't an option. I guess you could say in my mind, it was a passion. And I'm, when I get passionate, I'm very passionate. I believe that's Holy spirit driven in me. And so I follow it when I notice it. And I happen to have a pastor at the time that was pretty big in our area. Um, you know, in her younger years, she was one of the top photographers for children's photography. So I just went up to her and I asked her if she'd be willing to help me, um, you know, take the pictures that needed to be taken and learn the rules of photography so I could get my application together. And um, I actually had like one of the best mentors in Houston for free, helping me to be able to join an organization to be able to bless families. And I ended up building a clientele because you know I needed models. So I actually grew a business out of it purely by mistake, getting inundated with a, a ton of requests um, <laughs> after people posted their pictures. That is so cool. I mean, that's just so God that you have this idea. I mean, you see an ad, you're not even a photographer. So you say, okay, I'll become a photographer. Then like the best <laughs> photographer in Houston is available for free who happens <laughs> to do children's photography and oh, by the way, you have to have live models to figure all of this out. So you grow a business in the meantime. That is just way cool. Yeah, it was it was definitely interesting. It was fun. It was great. It was it was wild. And um, so I ended up passing. I mean, I passed on the first on the first round. I had a great you know, like I said, I had a great mentor Um, ended up getting accepted after the training almost immediately. And they sent me out with a mentor, you know, because they want to make sure that you, you that you actually understand what you're getting into. So they they send you out with someone so you can, you know, watch the process of it and see one, can you stomach it? Can you heart it? Can you have the compassion and empathy needed? Um, or, you know, it's a good time to tell if you're like fight or flight, like what are you gonna do? So um the very first time I went out with this person, I absolutely fell in love, absolutely fell in love, fell in love with the family, fell in love with the child, like child doesn't have to, to, you know, be there to be loved. If you understand, like, even though the child had passed away, like that child to me was not a dead baby. That child to me was a symbol of love. And so I, there was just no place I'd rather be. That is really cool. So how do you, I mean, <laughs> In children's photography, they have all these cute little hats and they put them in all these cute little places. What do you, how do you pose them in a situation like this? Do you have props or do you just, I mean, what do you, how, how do you do that? Right. 
So there is a list of rules, you know, that we typically follow. I mean, sometimes the families ask for things, but you got to understand, you know, grief to understand why they're asking what they're asking. So typically you have like a list of things that you follow, like anything that you bring in, if you bring in, you know, doesn't leave. Um, you got to be ready to let it go. You can't just have a storage of a bunch of stuff, you know, so because you don't know the conditions and stuff like this. So um, typically, you know, the hospitals would supply little outfits. The parents, obviously, most of them, you know, were not under any idea that their child was going to pass away. So they show up with mm. the outfit that they, you know, were planning on bringing their baby home in. So, um, oh, wow. yeah, exactly. So, you know, the way that I always felt comfortable would be to, you know, address the family and then tell them what I'm there for. Um, and then I would go, you know, I would go into another room and I would take pictures and, you know, just beautiful poses of what looks like a child sleeping, no different than what you would see a newborn post as far as sleeping goes, you know, you wouldn't want to do any of those, you know, crazy froggy poses or anything like that. Cause that's, you know, that's more harm than good, but definitely, you know, get on, on those details, the little fingernails, you know, the tiny toes, the eyelashes, the nose, you know, everything they're going to want to hold dear to their heart. Um, so you make sure to, you make sure to catch as many details from the, you know, just the way that the hair grows, anything that you notice that you just is so beautiful to you, the way that the earlobes, you know, are on the baby and everything that, you know, the parents aren't really capable of understanding at the time because they're in shock. That's beautiful. You give life to some, to a baby that they probably didn't get to spend much time with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. You photograph love. Absolutely. Beautiful. So did you ever have any really tough situations or awkward or um, very emotional? Uh, I did. I would have, I had one situation that I would categorize as traumatic. Um, so I went in to, you know, photograph a, you know, a baby that had passed away and, you know, of course spoke to the family, did what, you know, you would normally do take the, you know, take the baby to another room to get some of the poses that you wouldn't necessarily want to have, you know, the parents watch. Cause again, you don't want to traumatize anybody. Um, you know, but as I was starting to take these photos, I noticed that this baby that was in no way was going to be viable. So I want to make that clear, you know, so you don't catch any flack on this. But um, I noticed that the baby was struggling to breathe. Mm -hmm. And I had asked, you know, the person in the room with me if they were witnessing what I was witnessing. And they went into full denial that it didn't matter. Um, and at that point I could no longer deal with that because that was not why I was doing this and that was not my concern. So I laid down my camera and I wrapped the baby up and I sat there in the chair and I rocked that baby for the next few minutes until that baby passed away. And, wow. um, good for you. That, that was so heartbreaking. All I wanted to, I mean, I, I just, well, since it's taboo talks, I just wanted to wipe the floor with that lady because if somebody would have done that to me and not let me hold my baby in its last breaths, let me tell you. But that's not what I was there for. I was there to bring healing 
in a situation that was very dark and to bring love and not to start drama and not to get kicked out and not be able to not bless other families. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful it happened so quickly that way it, it didn't, um, escalate, but that's probably one of the, one of the hardest things I've ever done with that organization. And, um, that's not what they do. I want to make that clear. That's not what they do. This was definitely not on them, but yeah, yeah, it gets hard. It, it gets hard sometimes. Wow. I can't even imagine, but I'm, I'm sure that if that mother knew the story that she would be grateful that somebody had enough compassion and love to hold her baby until it, it took its last breath. So, you know, I'm sure that she would be grateful. I, no, absolutely. I, oh, I just can't imagine. On a brighter note, um, some of your photos are hanging. I remember seeing them posted on Facebook that some of your photos are hanging in hallways of various hospitals and stuff. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. I have uh, a local hospital over here that's well known nationwide, but um, I do. I have a lot of my newborn photos up in one of the hospitals. I have them in OB offices. I have them in... Um, ultrasound techs offices. I have them in one area. I even have them in the NICU. So um, to me, that was, you know, like that was my goal business-wise, I guess you could say, once I realized that it turned into a business on the side, um, because I always loved Ann Gettys. And I just loved her when I was little. And I so did too. Me, I love Harry photos. Right? So to me, that was like, that was the epitome of being an amazing newborn photographer. And so I reached that goal and I just, I couldn't believe it. I, it's like, I, all I did was respond, respond to the Holy spirit. And it's like, he just poured out blessings on me, on the family, on the hospitals on, it was just the most amazing thing. And and, you know, like I, I have been injured, so I can't ever do newborn photography again. Aww. So I can still do children's, <laughs> but to me, it's just so bittersweet, but it's a place where I can watch where like, you know, God took me there. He made it happen. Like I made it happen through him for other families. And then he made something happen for me. And it's just like, there were just gifts upon gifts upon gifts. That's so cool because when we help others, you know, it's that they're just doors that open up that are unexplainable. And that is just really cool. Do you ever, did you ever hear from any of the parents afterwards? Did you ever get a thank you note or did they ever call or, or was it just, you just never heard Absolutely. from them? Absolutely. Um, so I want to say I photographed a little under a hundred families. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I'm, I want to say at least five or six of them became regular clients of mine. Um, they either went on to have another child or they already had children, you know, previous to this happening, but. Was it um, awkward to, to interact with them knowing, or was it, or did it bring a closeness and a bond? Oh my gosh. I was so overjoyed because, you know, grief can make you want to be away from the people that remind you of what happened. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to, to even have them reach out and say like, I can't have anyone else photograph my family. Like, you know me. And to me that touches my heart because like they know that it's okay to break down because your child's not here. 
when you're taking family photos, you know, I'm going to get that, you know, I'm going to put the camera down, you know, I'm going to give you a hug, you know, so for them to understand, you know, that, that I love them and for them to want to be around me and have me do their photos because of that, there's no better feeling in the world. Oh, I bet. That's really cool. So are you still, I know that you no longer work with that organization. Was that because you were injured or did you leave because you just felt like your time was up or? Um, I felt like my time was up. I was feeling a little burnt out. Um, I, you know, I had a son and after I had my son, I still, you know, worked with the organization for a little while, but um, I mean, not sound crass, but I, you know, I just felt that I had had my, my fill of, um, of death in that yeah, way. Absolutely. And that's what I was going to say when you said you were burned out, how did you deal with all of the grief? How did you come home at night? I mean, did you come home and bawl your eyes out? Did you drink? I mean, how did you deal with all of that? Because that's a lot. Um, so I go into like workaholic mode when I get stressed out. So I would just make sure that the pictures were like perfect. I'd start working on them immediately. I wanted the family to have them within days and not weeks. And then it did affect my family. Um, you got to remember, like I worked from home. So my children would often walk by and see these pictures. And so I really had to find a balance in all of that. Um, and I had to do a lot of self-care. So I didn't really know what that was, even though they did explain it in the videos in training. But I did have to do a lot of self-care. So I would make sure that, you know, I mean, it may sound crazy, but I, I would go to therapy. I would go and get a massage. I would get my nails done. I would have mm -hmm. my hair done, you know, just making sure to take care of myself because I was taking care of others. Yeah. And that's something that we forget a lot of times is that we do have to take care of ourselves because if we don't, we're not going to be any good for anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's one thing that we talked about earlier that didn't get recorded, but um, I asked you if the if the photos that you took of these babies were color or black and white, and your response was very interesting. Yeah, so they're black and white, and they're black and white because it is proven that when you take these types of photos that um, color elicits traumatic responses, again, for this situation, you know, so the feelings that come from, you know, I'll just go ahead and say it from purple lips and blotchy red skin and skin tears and, you know, all kinds of things that come with, you know, having a baby after the baby's already passed and how long it's been inside of you. And so, you know, mm -hmm. these are all things that this organization works to correct and is very compassionate and empathetic towards these families. So they, you know, made sure that it would be in black and white to not incite these, these feelings of trauma, you know, and to, to make sure that they had the most beautiful portraits of their child that they could possibly get ones that are worth hanging, you know, and you want to share. And so that would have been the way to go about and do it. And I fully agree a hundred percent because I've had um, and have photos of my child that I did not get in black and white. And I can tell you that my memories and my love for her do not match the photos that I have of her. It is very traumatic to see those photos because that's not who I see in my heart, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. How old was your baby when she died? 
she actually died the day before her due date. She ripped open my uterus and split it into three pieces and was deprived of oxygen and fought for her life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I became a stripper, Drenda. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I started helping with Jesus Love Dancers, right? God can turn it around. Yep, he, can he sure can. Around. Yep. He sure can. That's another that's a, that's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> just don't stay there right you just don't stay there but yeah you know like it's 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 hard it's very taboo it's hard for people to talk about nobody wants to talk about dead babies nobody wants they don't know how to address people who've had children die they definitely don't want to see the pictures and let me tell you every almost every mom that's had a child pass away that has a picture she wants to show it she wants to show it so if you ever get offered to see a picture you better look at that picture and say that is the most beautiful baby I've ever seen you know, cause it's hard enough for the parent to go through it and then to feel rejected by society, like, cause they don't know what to do with you. It's painful. Yeah, it is. And, and, and that's it. Nobody knows what to say. So they don't say anything and they stay away. And the one thing that they could do is just sit and hug somebody or just sit Amen. with them and cry and look at the picture. Yep. I'm so glad that you were there for these parents and for these babies, especially that one baby. Yeah, I'll never forget that baby. So what are you up to these days? I know that you're going to become a chaplain. Yes, I just got done with my chaplaincy training. And now I'm getting everything done to get my credentials. And I'm going to give a shout out to Drenda, you lady, for sponsoring this. So thank you so much. But yeah, I did. I actually um, passed it 10 days early. Yeah. So now I'm going to take, you know, the 10 days that were left over, I'm going to get my uh, everything together for my, what do you call it? My credentials. And then hopefully in four to eight weeks, I'll be able to start officially known by the state to be a chaplain, which really, I don't even know what I'm going to do with it other than volunteer and love people. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a plan for it. I just really want to be able to They say the church outside of the four walls and, you know, and that's exactly how I feel. I just, if God wants to open a door, I want to be ready. That's perfect for you. And, and obviously if he opens a door, you're ready because I mean, just look what you did with the photography and everything. So I wasn't sure if you knew what area you were going to go into yet. I do. I do. I, I want to, okay. So my own selfishness, of course, we'll see what God does, but I definitely want to work with, um, people who've gone through trauma and um, grief and loss. Those are my, those are my number two, my top two, because I've been traumatized in many, you know, many times throughout my life. And then I've also had to deal with uh, grief and loss. So I feel that um, just being the person to sit there and listen, because chaplaincy is the ministry of presence, that, that, I mean, it's just like the organization that I was with. I feel like there's nothing that I would rather do than to sit there and just listen. You're, you're perfect for that. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you that you've, that you've gone down this path and I can't wait to see what doors open for you. So if, are you still doing photography at all? I actually just announced on my page yesterday that I am going to be starting up slowly. I got the clearance to go ahead and start slowly. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of like, you know, I don't know, like just 
yeah, get back into it slowly and, and see what happens. I'm only going to do it part time because I know that I've got this calling now. Um, so I'm going to try to not bog myself down and make myself so busy that I won't be able to do ministry, right? Because we know how the enemy can work. So, yeah. Well, if our listeners are in the Houston area, I cannot recommend this girl highly enough. She's taken pictures of my family members and they turned out incredible. So, and I know that I've seen her work. I've seen her, her photos of my, our other friends and they're amazing. So how can people get in touch with you for either photography or if they need a chaplain in their life, where can they get in, in touch with you? So I actually have had a business change name. It's called Nothing Forgotten 2021 um, is the email address. So it's nothingforgotten2021 at gmail.com. And then the name of my photography page, which is now Jay Starlin um, on Facebook is going to be changing and it's going to be nothing forgotten photography. So you can either look me up now under Jay Starlin on Facebook, or you will be able to email me through nothing forgotten 2021 at gmail.com. That's so awesome. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so glad that I can call you a friend and that um, I know that people will be in good hands if you cross their paths in, a, in any kind of capacity. So I love you, girl. Oh, thank you. I love you too. I love you too. And I look forward to your show. I heard your intro. I'm all about it. I'm sharing you everywhere. And whoever hears it, share it, share it, share it. Well, thank you. And thanks all for right. being a part of Taboo Talks because everybody has a story and everybody's story needs to be told. And I want to hear everyone's truth. So thank Absolutely. you. Thank you for joining me today on Taboo Talks. Feel free to let me know if this episode was helpful and let me know what topics you want to discuss in the future. I want to hear your truth.